Welcome to Because You Need to Know, recorded live at the Cohen Multimedia Studio at Chautauqua Institution. I am Edwin K. Morse, President and Founder of Pioneer Knowledge Services. This series is your digital resource of valuable conversations with nonprofit and knowledge management enthusiasts from across industries and from around the globe. In the studio today, we have Dr. Andreas Bradner, and he's been the Managing Director of Knowledge Management Associates since 2001 and a KM pioneer in Europe providing educational, advisory, research, and innovation services to international customers. Dr. Bradner brings deep experience with more than 20 years of work experience in the field of consulting, training, and research, all in relation to knowledge management and policies of knowledge. What's Vienna got that nobody else has in the world of knowledge management? <laughs> well, Vienna is uh, maybe known to most of the people as one of the most livable cities. It has won this award for the most livable city for many years already. Mm. And it certainly also is um, a city of music. But you should not forget to, to which extent Vienna is a city of knowledge. Hmm. I would say about 100 years ago, at about 1900, um, Vienna was one of the leading cities in the world. And we had a, certainly leading scientists in the field. We had Sigmund Freud and others. And knowledge definitely has been at the heart of this culture. And um, not only thinking about uh, sciences and knowledge in general, but also as knowledge as the core resource for all sciences. Mm. And from this knowledge culture, people like Peter Drucker have developed. You know, Peter Drucker is, was born in Vienna. And he was certainly one of the most important pioneers for the subject of knowledge societies, knowledge work, knowledge management. From what I recall, what I recall from my studies with Peter Drucker, I think it was around 1948, he coined the term knowledge worker. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So very forward thinking and, and understanding of where things are going to go and what they need to be focused on. True. And uh, he, he came from a culture where this topic was already addressed by others. Maybe you have heard of Friedrich, Friedrich von Hayek. He was a Nobel Prize winner and one of the leading figures uh, in economics, uh, even in the United States. And um, one of his um, very famous articles was about the role of knowledge in society. That was even before Peter Drucker. And he said, there is one reason why communism will fail. And he said, because knowledge is a decentralized resource. Aha. Knowledge is not given to one institution in the right. country to one political party or to one ministry or to whoever. Knowledge is a distributed resource. That's what Friedrich von Hayek already mentioned 100, no, let's say 70 mm. years ago or even more and argued that liberalism is the solution because the entrepreneur is the one who has the knowledge about the demand and about a specific solution that he has. And nowadays, but yeah. let, me, let me just follow the, the, this, this point. And uh, nowadays we are in a situation where the manager of an organization is far from having all the knowledge for his company. 
we are now building on the knowledge of individuals, of the knowledge workers that uh, have to self-determine their way how to work, how to learn, uh, to which conference to go, because the manager doesn't know. He can't yeah. tell him. But now we find that even the knowledge worker himself is lost if he is not connected in a network of knowledgeable people outside of his organization, like the knowledge managers themselves. Mm -hmm. These poor guys, well, let's say these proud and uh, <laughs> passionate guys and uh, women and uh, men, they have uh, a passion for knowledge management. They learn it, they practice it, but they don't have many people to talk with because uh, <laughs> the other practitioners are outside. They are not within the organization. So they, they right. link up with others around the world yeah. and they connect in international communities to discuss their pain points and to get inspiration and so on. And this is a very nice development from, uh, let's say, Schumpeter, who has been the let's say, even older Austrian guy saying that innovation comes from the entrepreneur, uh, Friedrich von Hayek, who said that it's a decentralized resource in society. Peter Drucker, putting it at the heart of management. And now we are in the knowledge worker and in the distributed knowledge network society. Mm. I think that's amazing. And that came from Vienna. So you tie in a couple of things that are keen for me. And one is that independent uh, individual that is a innovator and a entrepreneur. And really the essence of knowledge flow in, as you said, with the decentralization and being able to have it as a, as a resource for all, uh, gives everybody the same ground to foster innovative pathways. So how do you focus that ability mm -hmm. and go to an organization like a municipality or a state government or something like that to say, look, if you worked at this as a citizenry model and knowledge was an asset that was shared and not just shared as a, you know, here's your starter kit, but shared as a continuum, you know, everybody develops along a similar flow. How do you break into a organization to knock on that door for their for knowledge development? Is it just culture? Is it just region? Are there just some, some people on the planet that get it? It, what what was the what was the key ingredient in the water that made your home region be the source for this forward thinking? <laughs> well, we are currently working with uh, municipalities, governments, and multi-stakeholder communities in various countries to develop knowledge uh, a knowledge agenda for their country. And um, the reason for that is that. Uh, with a fragmented approach where uh, companies only focus on money and uh, politicians focus on being reelected and academicians focus on being cited and publishing a lot of papers, we do not achieve real impact. And uh, from, from a societal point of view, and also from that entrepreneurial point of view that you are mentioning, the question is, why are we doing all of this? And um, I really like uh, to put the sustainable development goals of the United Nations at the heart of such a discussion because um, all our aspirations, or at least a lot of aspirations of mankind, uh, are now condensed into these 17 goals. This is like reducing poverty or improving health, providing clean water and clean energy for all, and so on and so on. 
And I think if we develop an understanding and a passion for these uh, joint societal objectives and goals, then we can ask ourselves, okay, what is my contribution to it? And uh, how do we achieve more together? Of course, you still have the entrepreneur who wants to achieve his goals and uh, the government still wants to be reelected. <laughs> but, uh, but nevertheless, you identify that if you do not achieve an impact, uh, then you will not be re-elected and you will also not create an in a turnover and a profit. So by joining forces and supporting each other, we understand we get stronger. And this is significantly about knowledge sharing. So when we want to improve renewable energy, we are currently working on the advancement of a renewable energy knowledge hub in East Africa. Um, then what makes renewable energy work? Mm. It is, to, a, to, a, to the highest degree, it is knowledge. And this means that the government needs to know what is the need of the companies that develop mm. renewable energy projects. The, of course, the companies need to know what is the latest technology and what is the requirement from the government, what are the data, what are the, and so on. There is a lot of knowledge that needs to be shared and in a cooperative, participative approach, you will understand each other better, you will create more sustainable solutions that will finally uh, work in practice. And I think that most of the sustainable development goals, most of our societal goals, and even most of our corporate goals, we will not achieve anymore with a, with a singular approach, working on our own and then selling a product. Mm -hmm. It requires more and more collaboration with others in partnerships. And I think that this is a major development for knowledge management in general, mm -hmm. working with others, not only thinking that you know everything yourself. Well, I, I, I can see that. Is it a hard sell outside of your own domain? Is it a hard sell to most that you approach? Well, I don't think it's, a, and I don't feel it's a hard sell, but on the other side, you never win 100%. When I started working in knowledge management 20 years ago, um, Almost nobody understood what knowledge management is about. And they asked, even my mother asked me, what are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, since my other colleagues had the same problem, one of the first things we did in our community knowledge management Austria to, to develop a job profile for the knowledge managers to explain our mothers <laughs> what right. It's a difficult uh, concept. But uh, uh, on the other side, um, there are always... Uh, the leaders that are interested, there are always uh, the 5 to 10% that passionately run with you and with whom you change a society. When you start to work with those 10%, then you are done. Then the others will follow. So this is an old story. Even I heard Peter Trapper mm -hmm. talking about this mm -hmm. quite a time ago. Can you describe or example the work you're doing in some of the regions around the world, uh, instituting and developing this asset? Currently, we are working with um, Uganda and Kenya in specific to develop a targeted, systematic and integrated approach to knowledge in these countries, which is unique to a certain extent. Um, in uh, Europe and the US, of course, knowledge is also at the heart of our economic development. But 
we have already so strong institutions that claim knowing everything that it's a bit more difficult. In, uh, in Uganda and Kenya, there is um, more open space to develop a joint, integrated, systematic approach to knowledge. And uh, this agenda shall link knowledge with the national development goals and finally the sustainable development goals. We are forming knowledge partnerships, which are multi-stakeholder communities dedicated to knowledge management, knowledge-based development. And we are identifying key challenges for the countries to develop as a knowledge society or knowledge uh, economy. And um, there are typical problems like the knowledge divide, of course, as a key factor for exclusion. And um, usually there is a lack of evidence for knowledge divides. So that is something that we are working on. Or strengthen knowledge communication in the countries because there are there is a lot of knowledge existing in, in the countries. Never underestimate Africa. There is so much knowledge and outstanding people. But on the other side, we have um, a huge amount of people on the countryside in rural areas which uh, do not have access to electricity, which are less educated, which are far from knowledge institutions like universities, etc. And of course, that is something that we need to uh, master. How do we communicate with them? How do we onboard them? How do the different institutions work together, schools and, and businesses and, of course, universities? Don't forget that 50% of the population of Uganda is... Uh, younger than 25. So there is a huge number of young people uh, that has some education, some better, some, some less from school, and they want to do something. But uh, the companies that give them an opportunity are, are not so many, and uh, therefore the collaboration of uh, schools and, and the business world and universities is critically important. If the young people can really bring their potential on the ground, then I see a, a huge future for these countries. Do you have an established estimate of timeline from beginning to adoption in these two scenarios? <laughs> this is a long journey, of course, and it, <laughs> and it will definitely never stop, which yeah, means right. that um, you can define a project that will maybe last for a year create this common understanding to establish a community, to create a joint vision, and to identify the key action points and to bring them on the ground or to at least to bring them rolling so that this will continue. But of course, there is not an end. Uh, the, the most important thing is to, to keep the community to keep the dialogue running and that requires a good facilitator mm -hmm. like we need a good facilitator in communities of practice in the company it's more or less the same on a national level yeah. or i mean it does not need to have the national level in the u.s the national level is huge but you can also do it in a regional uh, level or in even in a, in a city or in a community to bring people together mm -hmm. identify the the issues that you have and ask the simple question, what has knowledge to do with it? Do we have a lack of knowledge? How do we use it? How could we improve it? So it, it would just be hard for me to believe that there's a society anywhere that doesn't hold knowledge 
in high regard. But as you've said that there are those that like to hold it tight and not share versus making it a community-based resource. Yes. Uh, and uh, the, the question is how well the knowledge is organized in the country. Because if we talk about, for instance, knowledge societies and knowledge cities, then of course we include automatically that we address everybody, the citizens and this this society as a whole. And knowledge inclusion is a major issue in so many countries. There are certainly, also the US certainly has a very strong knowledge culture, mm. but is it inclusive? I would say mm. there is a very, very strong elite in the US that has superior knowledge and you will not find universities like Harvard in so many other places. Can you really say that the majority of the US citizens has a very high level of knowledge that is very reflective, well-educated, et cetera, et cetera, mm -hmm. and has, um, would you say that knowledge inclusion is existing in the U.S. at the high level? I'm not so sure. Yeah. It, I think most people would get confused and say social media is knowledge sharing, but there's no, there's no litmus test to, to show value of just speed as being a, a key ingredient to knowledge quality. Uh, as far as certain, you know, that, I mean, you go back to just having a national defense uh, alert system, you know, to immediately connect with everybody on a certain aspect of knowledge that is has immediate impact, uh, as an example, versus where do you pull your knowledge resource from and what is it and who's behind it. So it ends up being a deciphering element that I don't think most people engage as far as being discreet about where they're pulling knowledge mm. from. Well, I, I think that in all societies all over the world, we have to strengthen our knowledge skills. 21st century skills are mainly knowledge skills, which means to be able mm. to reflect what is fake news and what maybe not, how to handle complexity how to uh, focus on something and not, uh, let's say, uh, fall in uh, enthusiasm of everything, which only creates, uh, <laughs> let's say, confusiasm. Yes, yes. And um, let's say also having some technical skills and uh, even searching and finding the right knowledge and not going to Google and uh, look at the first three hits. Yeah. There is so much that uh, we have to learn and we don't learn it in school, actually. Even listening. How many people listen to a radio pod for 15 minutes? So those that still listen mm -hmm. to this uh, radio uh, podcast, they are among the elite, I think. <laughs> so congratulations to your listeners. <laughs> well, th yes. Uh, a discerning, they have a discerning appetite mm -hmm. for content, Excellent. so to speak. Uh, to wrap things up, could you give me your definition of knowledge management, please? Uh, in principle, I like very much uh, the definition of knowledge management as being a targeted, systematic, and integrated approach to knowledge for the benefit of achieving specific goals. And that, of course, includes all these processes like searching, finding, sharing, capturing, etc. cetera. Uh, targeted, systematic, and integrated, I like specifically because um, if we want to achieve a specific goal, like for instance, achieving better health, 
it does not help only to um, educate people in school. It is important, absolutely. It is maybe one of the most important things to do, but it's not enough. You also need to have uh, knowledgeable professionals that have a skill to share their knowledge with the patients and with society. You need to have knowledgeable institutions. And uh, this needs to be linked if they are not integrated. And if there is not a systematic approach, then we have um, hundreds and thousands of knowledge uh, losses where knowledge would be available, but it's not shared. And knowledge has been developed, but it's not used and so on. This, this I think, is the challenge of knowledge management. It's the responsibility of knowledge management to provide solutions. Because when I, when I started knowledge management for 20 years ago, people are asking me, is an intranet knowledge management? And I said, an intranet is an intranet. And uh, if you capture some knowledge when an expert is leaving, then it's a leaving expert debriefing. But it's not knowledge management. Knowledge management means, means that we integrate all our activities for the purpose of achieving impact for our societies and for our customers. And just by having data here and uh, capturing knowledge there and maybe innovating things here, we always have to ask ourselves, is this really creating a value for our customers and societies? And if knowledge management can contribute to it, then I think its, it's core asset is to provide a targeted, systematic, and integrated approach to it. Well, thank you very much for sharing that view. Uh, we love to have you back on another podcast and find out what's going on with the developing <clears throat> countries. Edwin, it was my pleasure. Thank you very much for the invitation and have a nice day. Recorded live at the Cohen Multimedia Studio at Chautauqua Institution, Because You Need to Know is designed to bring people's experience and their knowledge forward to be shared. I'm Edwin K. Morris, and I thank you for joining in to listen to another conversation brought to you as a public service of Pioneer Knowledge Services, a nonprofit tax-exempt organization with a charitable knowledge management purpose. Find us online at pioneer-ks.org and add your voice to the conversation on Facebook.